first let's talk about this cover, okay? The cover is super sexy, it's super fancy. Tell us how you came up with the concept of this cover. I was Yeah, so the cover's got a lot to it, right? So in the background of the cover are the actual titles. So the the book is the premise of the book is there is a business owner, his grandfather passes away, it's a family-owned business, been in business for uh, 56 years. Grandfather passes away, and after his grandfather passes away, he gives him a chest. And in that chest, there are 12 car titles, old car titles, that uh, each one has a principle on it for him to apply in his business. And so in the background, you see all of the titles. That's what those are back there. And there's the words from the titles, so on and so forth. And so they are the foundation of everything that's in the book. And then I love on it. the front, yeah, thanks. And then on the uh, front cover there, you've got the golden hex tie, which that golden hex tie, <clears throat> there's a lot to the tie thing. So my, my grandfather, who I admire um, and just really was an example uh, for me, he wore a tie every single day of his life, like every single day. I never saw him not wearing a tie. Sunday morning, he'd come out of the room wearing a tie. Like the man always wore a tie to the point where when he, when he uh, died, and was being buried, they were, they, my grandma had put him in a bow tie and they were getting ready to lower his, his, his coffin down into the ground. And I broke down and was like, you cannot send that man into the afterlife with just one tie. Like he had, he had a tie for everything. He had a tie for Christmas, a tie for St. Patty's day, a tie for, I mean, you cannot send it. He had an entire closet filled with ties. And so at the funeral, we all wore ties. Everybody wore one of his ties out of his closet at the funeral. So my mom wore one of his ties, my aunts, my cousins, everybody wore a tie. And so as they were lowering the coffin, uh, we all took the ties and buried, buried the ties with my, my grandfather. So the ties was a symbol of him and it's what tied our family together. And so I've always worn, um, ties at big, you know, big, big experiences, big events. And my golden hex tie has kind of become a staple whenever I speak on a big stage or so on and so forth. It's my power tie. And uh, it's a great hook. It's very, you know, people see it. It's very uh, pleasing to the eye. And so we thought, okay, we need the tie in the cover, shining a bright light, kind of the staple uh, the story, you know, we re re my grandfather's name is is used as the main character in the story and so on and so forth. So a lot of tie-ins to the family. And then, of course, you know, originally I just wanted a silhouette. I didn't even want it to be my face. I just I just wanted a silhouette so it could be anyone, right? Any man, any, any woman standing in that position and understanding that, you know, this is a book for everyone. Um but it looked really weird when it didn't have any facial features at all. And so they were like, all right, we're going to put you on there. I'm like, well, you got to clean me up first. So he had to, <laughs> like, my artist had to go in and, and my designer had to like clean up all my stubble on my face and do all kinds of things. So on and so forth. So yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's it. We wanted to, um, you know, create something that would be eye catching that would also honor uh, my foundational truths and the people that have come before me and at the same time be something for the, the potential reader. I love it. Two things I want to say in response to that. The first thing, when you said ties, 
I love doing things. So I'm thinking for the launch or one day we should, you should have like a, for the ambassadors to all wear ties. So maybe the day it launches, everyone wears a tie to just I be like connected. I love that. And, and the second thing I'm going to say, I could be wrong, but it looks like you put a lot of quality time into this book from the cover. When I first started reading it, I was reading it as I was sitting on the couch and I was like, shucks, I would love to be outside under a great big oak tree rocking in a, you know, in something, the feel, the format, the feeling of it, the, it's, I read a lot of books and it made me want to just really dive into it slowly, not race through it like I had to. So I wanted to say thank you for that, giving us something good to read. And well, uh, was that purposeful? Tell me about that. Yeah. So the principles, it took me a long time to write this book and there were a lot of different kind of drafts and so on and so forth. So the, the principles, there's 12 of them, 12 overlying principles. Now there's lots of little stuff in between, um, but those 12 principles were actually outlined. I outlined those principles in 2019, I believe. Wow. So they were outlined four, four or five years ago. And, um, I kept wanting to bring them to life, but it it just wasn't right, right? It felt like a boring kind of, you know, it just felt <laughs> boring. Um, and I don't do boring. I don't like boring. I think people like to be edutained, right? So let's be entertained while we're being educated. Uh, Jesus spoke in parables. That's how his stories were so memorable. And that's why he's, you know, his book is the number one best-selling book of all time. It's because it's, filled with parables that people can connect with and understand in the story and then apply the principles. It's not just boring outline of do this, do that, do that. Um, and so it finally hit me in, I think, uh, September of last year. It was like, oh, parable style. Okay, hold on. Let's take these principles and how can we deliver it in a story that can captivate the reader, entertain the reader, still deliver all the principles that that need to be delivered but do it in a, a a much more memorable fun entertaining way and so once i latched onto that i mean I, it, it, the writing of this book went incredibly fast at that point uh because now it was just telling the story which is what i do right. i tell story right, right. uh and then just integrating all the principles into the story so i'm glad that you felt like you could kick back and go into yeah, Alfred's yeah. world and really just enjoy it versus, you know, having to break out your notebook and your Excel sheet and put in all the stuff. So I have to be honest with you. When I first started, that's what I was expecting. I was expecting 12, one, two, you know, and I'm reading it and I kind of got a little upset. I'm like, wait a minute, what, what is going on? Who is, huh? <laughs> it was great stories, but I'm like, I'm not expecting a feel good, you know, kind of read. I'm expecting writing. And I hit up Mary Lynn, I'm just like, wait a minute, I thought this, and she's like, no, Tina, you know, she explained the format of the book because right. I was a little confused. Um, <laughs> so I was, I was in it because I was ready to read it fast, but this isn't a fast read, people. You want to like really soak it up. Sharon Lecter said, it's a must read for business owners ready to play a bigger game and take their business to the next level. If you're watching this right now, this is Glenn Lundy and he has taken his business to the next level. Your own jet, your huge home, your family, all that sort of stuff. How did you do that for you and your family? I mean, eight, just having two kids, I can barely get my daughter to give me one, Glenn. All she keeps saying is, children are expensive, and you have eight of them. How did you get to that bigger view? Yeah, you know, um, I played life small for a really long time, and I saw where that ended up, you know, 
when 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 you when you're when you're when you're living right on the edge, you know, I hear people say, I just, I need, you know, I just want enough to be comfortable. I just want to be enough to be comfortable. Well, you know, when you have just enough to be comfortable, that means you're, you're one, one emergency, one storm away from being in a really bad situation. Um, and so I spent my, my whole life living like that paycheck to paycheck and, and playing small. And I just know where that ends and I didn't like where it ended, right? It ended me and me being in and out of jail, homeless, losing custody of my oldest daughter. Like it was bad. So now, you know, from that experience, it's like, dude, I would rather fail playing big than succeed at playing small. I would much rather fail at playing big. And that mindset has caused us to uh, really embrace the experience of life. Yeah. We got a big, cool house. We got a plane, we've got uh, cool stuff, you know, and, and we work really hard to maintain all that. Our, our cost of living monthly is not cheap in any way, shape or form. Um, the kids, you know, it's a significant investment of money and time and energy. And it's, it's hard, you know, it's, uh, it's hard, but that's, that's the way I prefer to live life. I don't want life to be easy. I'm not interested in the easy life. Because uh, I feel the easy life is not very fulfilling and an easy life is easily destroyed. Two things I got out of that. When you were talking, I was thinking there really is no big difference from dreaming big, thinking hard and thinking normal. So why would you just not normal, but why would you think small? It's the same amount of effort. Would you agree? Well, you know, safe safety is why, right? People, people, they, there's a false belief that we are safe when we play in the box and there's a false belief that it is fearful when we, when we step outside of that. Right. Um, and that's how we've been programmed for a long time. Society has been programmed that way. Stay in the box, stay in the lines, right. Uh, answer the questions this way. Don't, don't try to get creative, show your work, stand in line, <laughs> right. All of these things that we've been told our whole lives that, that, that keep us small. So there's just a lot of fear it is the exact same amount of effort, the exact same amount of energy to live small as it is to live live big. It's just a, a choice um, to step into those unknowns and do things that that your mind is telling you are scary. When in reality, you know, it's like me with a B. I see a B, I like run. I will run. I can run a four four forty. If there's a freaking bee chasing me, that bee can't hurt me. Like, I mean, okay, a little sting. What's a little pinch, right? Like, it, it's it's not that big a deal. My son, on the other hand, he has zero fear when it comes to, like, he'll have wasp land on his hand and he'll sit there and play with him, right? Like, it's 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 crazy how these fears can 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 do these things to us. And so I used to have a fear of what it would look like to to play big, step outside the box, take risks, be authentic, all of those things. And it kept me small. I'm not interested in that anymore. I love it. And you just keep getting bigger and bigger. When you said that, it made me think last year you got the plane and Christmas, was it Christmas or something? You rented out a whole. Yeah. In November for my 800% elite automotive club, we rented out the uh, Six Flags theme park in San Antonio. It was amazing. That's huge. That's huge, dude. Like that's Michael cool. Jackson style. <laughs> <laughs> How did you when I, when I heard them saying that, I was like, hold up, wait a minute. So I want to just thank you so much for 
thinking bigger, thinking like really stretching your mind because it's like, okay, if Glenn can do it, then I can do it because yeah. you know, you know. All right, we're getting I'm getting off traffic. We're talking about this book right now. David Meltzer Let's put think about this real quick, real quick on the um so renting out six flags. First of all, I didn't even know there was something you could do. I had no <laughs> idea. Right. I didn't know you could rent out a theme park. I didn't know that was a possibility. So so then we find out you can rent out a theme park. So it's like, okay, well, what are the details of it? And how much does it cost? Right. So details are you can rent it out for three and a half hours. You can choose like a kitty section. If you want to have a kitty party, you can have an adult section. You can have open bar. Like you get to choose what section of the park you want. And then they fully staff that section of the park and block it off. And it's just for you. Right. So we had five adult roller coasters, three open bars, food, haunted houses. It was during the Halloween stuff. So they had all these, there had to be 50 employees there, right? Like zombie, people dressed up as zombies and, and all of this, all of this stuff. Right. So we're like, yeah, we want to do that package right there. They're like, okay, that package is, um, I think it was $35,000, right? $35,000 for that package. So now let's do some math real quick, right? It sounds like a lot of money. You're like $35,000 for three and a half hours. Okay. We'll just run some math. How many people do you need to get paying how much in order to make a $35,000 for three hour purchase make sense, right? So we had about, we had about 70 members that were there for the, for the event. Now we had more people than that, but about 70 members, right? So it's $500 per person at 70 members makes $35,000 three and a half hour event. So the 35,000 for three and a half hours sounds crazy. $500 a person is nothing. I know, I know people that are paying more than $500 a person to go watch a football game. They're paying more <laughs> than $500 a person to go to uh, a Broadway show. They're paying more than five. I mean, the, the, the Super Bowl tickets right now, the cheapest one you can get, is like 20 grand. People were paying, people were paying $10,000 to go see Taylor Swift for a couple hours. Right? So $500 a person is is not a lot of money at all for an experience like that, right? And so that's the key is like, when you look at it from the outside, wow, that's so big, I can never do that. It's like, no, 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 go find out the information. Same thing with my plane. I'm like, oh, I can never have a plane. I'm like, well, let's just, let's just see. Let's just see. <laughs> let's just see what happens. happens. <laughs> what would it cost to operate a plane? How cheap can we get a plane? Or how expensive is a plane? Can the company afford it? Does it is it a, the, the, does the investment make sense? Is the return on the investment, right? Like, just find out. And the answer might have been no. And for a year, the answer was no. And then we found one that worked, right? I got a, a, a fourth of a share. I have three other partners. The four of us go in. We take care of the plane. We maintain the plane so on and so forth. I pay X amount of dollars for fuel and so on and so forth. We have a pilot that we share. So it's shared cost across four people makes the investment make sense. But if I don't go look and I just say, oh, no, I could never afford that. Then you, you never know. You never know that for just, you know, $500 a person, you just get enough people together. You can go rent out a theme park. So you make it sound so simple. Now it's just like, I love it. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe 500 is a lot for, for the people that are in your community. Okay, well, get, get, let's get 140 people at 250 bucks. I love it. Okay, so I wrote down what David, part of what David puts. He put, what I particularly appreciate about this book is its approach to teaching these principles through a parable. Stories have a unique power to engage, inspire, and educate people. Do you do that a lot in your life? Tell a lot of stories. 
to get your yeah, point across. Man. I love still I love telling stories. I mean, it's it's the proven way, proven method, you know, all belief systems have been shared through stories, religions have been shared through stories, how we learn in the in 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 the early ages of our life is all shared through stories. Ah, uh, you know, everything's that is how humanity has uh, progressed is through the sharing of stories. The best marketing companies in the world tell incredible stories. The best products are all about stories. The uh, testimonials are people's stories about how they experience a thing. You know, like David sharing a story of how he experienced the legacy titles. Like stories is the key to everything, man. It's the key to everything. So yes, I, I love, love it. it. Love sharing. I love stories. it. So some, we're not going to go through all the principles. We're not even going to go into one, but pretty much you said it changed your life and helped you build your business. If you could choose one of the parables that you liked best that inspired you most in your life, which one would you say it is? Well, it's the very first one, right? So when you change the way you start your day, it makes a massive impact in your life. This is true for individuals. It's true for communities and it's true for uh, uh, businesses. And so the very first principle is the morning five. So that's the very first principle in the book. And there's a reason it's the first one. It's the foundation of everything else. Um, societally, if we look at things on a global scale, right? Uh, just think about your current sentiment of planet Earth right now, right? Current sentiment, right? Most people would say, ah, there's a lot of war. There's a lot of division. There's a lot of uh, anger, there's a lot of hate, there's a lot of violence, there's a lot of this, there's a lot of that, right? Like, although, you know, just turn on the news. What do you see, right? And that's our that's our picture of the, of the world. Well, why might that be? If you look at what most people, how, how many people start their day, they start their day absorbing, consuming violence, politics, racism, like that's the first thing they consume. I, I stay in a lot of hotels and it's so fascinating to me. Every hotel I go to, the first 15 to 30 channels are all news channels. And in every lobby in every hotel in this country is from five o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock in the morning is news. And then again, from five o'clock at night till about eight o'clock at night is news. News, eight hours a day of our tele, of every... NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, it's all news from 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. and from 5 p.m. till, well, for some of them until like 11 p.m. It's all news and all that news is, is violence, politics, destruction, division, all of it. It's all negative, right? And yeah. so it's no surprise that the experience we're having that humanity is having on this planet is one filled with violence and politics and destruction and mm -hmm. division. Like it's no surprise. It's what we're, you know, if you, if you, if you, you know, you, you plant sunflower seeds, you're going to get sunflowers. So the seeds that have been planted in this society over the last hundred years, it's no surprise what we're getting on the other side. So I truly believe if we could change the way people start their day, I'm not saying that some of that stuff doesn't have value, right? It's good to know what's going on in the world and so on and so forth, but it's not how you should start your day. Dude. Like, yeah, it's it, it's not the first thing that you should feed the mind, the body, and the spirit. You got to feed that positive, strong, build a solid foundation, and then we can go out and fight and combat some of these things that are going on out uh, in the world. So, by far, number one, morning five principle, I believe, is the most important and impactful one of all twelve. 
And that's actually the next thing I was gonna talk about, chapter four, uh, rise early and be a creator. Now I'm curious, I know now, I think you said 3.20 or 3.30 you wake up. Was it always like that? How did you get to that point? And if you can also share the morning five. And if you guys want on the bottom there, you can get his free ebook, themorningfive.com. Again, themorningfive.com if you wanna get that free ebook. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Tina. I appreciate that. Um, the 3.20 a.m. is, is you know, it's been for a few years now, but it wasn't, it's not a forever thing, right? Like, I used to be the guy that, you know, stayed up as late as he could and slept in as long as I could. You know, that was me for forever and ever. And then, you know, you get a real job and it's like, okay, I'm still going to stay up as late as I can and still function the next day. I'm going to get up just in time to take a shower and make it to work. And then I started realizing the power of of morning routines. So then it was like, okay, I'm going to get up a little earlier and I'm going to tap into mind, body, spirit. I'm going to start doing those things for myself. And so I had to get up, you know, a little bit earlier to start doing those things. And then fast forward and you've got the Rise and Grind show, which is at 5.30 a.m. And I chose 5.30 a.m. Monday through Friday because I knew that was a time that nothing else would be in the way. My kids would need me at 5.30 a.m. And I used to wake up to do that show. I'd wake up at like 5.23 a.m. and I do the show at 5 30. That's how it started four years ago. And then I quickly realized that waking up at 5 23 for a 5 30 show is not a good idea. I mean, I'd be sitting there like, the lights! Oh, the lights! Oh, yeah! like, it was awful. And how do you, you know, how do you energize or charge people up when you're half asleep, you know, like just as sleepy as they are? So it's like, no, I have to be the most energetic person in the room. And then I realized, well, I got to practice what I preach too, which I tell everyone, you know, first thing you do, like no phone, no snooze, gratitude and goals, take care of the physical, send out an encouraging message. Those things get done before you go out into the world. So it was like, oh, well, I'm jumping in and jumping straight onto a phone so that I can do it. Even though I'm not scrolling, I'm jumping in so I can do a show right after I wake up. And so that's contrary to everything that I'm teaching. So you got to practice what you preach. So then it was like, okay, well, let's get up at 4.30 so that I can do my, <laughs> you know, my morning stuff. And then 4.30 wasn't, and then the show became more and more and more. And it now it's just fully produced, you know, monster. And so, uh, you know, the time just keeps moving back, moving back, moving back. So now I wake up at 3.20 a.m. I spend the first 40 minutes on my stuff. And then at 4 a.m., I write the show, which takes me till 4.30. And then at 4.30, I drive to the studio. And then when I get to the studio, I build the show, which takes me about 40 minutes to build the production. And then I go live at 5.30. So that's where 3.20, that's the evolution of 3.20 a.m. I love it. I love it. Building the show. Is that all the beautiful graphics you give us in the background and everything? Oh, yeah. All the B-roll video sounds, all that stuff. I build that every day. Wow. And you actually started in a closet or something, I believe, when you first, first started this? Yeah, when I first started the show, you know, we've got lots of kids. And at the time we were in a, um, so that house was a three bedroom house. And then it had an upstairs loft area, uh, 600 square foot loft area. And up there, there was a utility closet. That's where the water heater was. And so it was a six foot by four foot utility closet. And so I set up a desk in there, put a computer in there, and then put a camera and a halo light so that you could not see the water heater. All you could see <laughs> behind me was the wall. And uh, I put a chalkboard up on the wall, which that chalkboard is around here somewhere. I put a chalkboard up on the wall and um, 
I, I was up there. That way I didn't wake up any of the kids or I didn't wake up my wife or anything like that. So yeah, episode one was in a utility closet of the house at 5.30 a.m. with me going, the lights! You are such a great interviewer. Let me tell you, I could go on and on and on. We're, we're talking about the book, uh, the legacy titles. Um, and this right here is going to be the ending of part one. But are you, when you were in that little closet, did you think that you would be where you are today as we close this first part of this interview in this closet? I had no idea, man. I had no idea. Like, um, so 2017, Colin Kaepernick took a knee uh, uh, during an NFL football game and everybody went bonkers. Um, The world was divided. He shouldn't take a knee. He should be able to take a knee. He's... He's this paid person and he should, he should be happy about the money that he's getting. And I can't believe he's bringing politics into sports. And oh my gosh, the country was just, just destroyed. I cannot believe this man took a People went nuts. They did. they did. And every time I opened my social media feed, it was just negativity and you know racism, division, all this stuff. It was driving me nuts. I was like, oh my gosh. And so I learned a long time ago, if something really, really is getting under your skin, like it's really bothering, not like, oh, I hate that. And then you just go on with your life. Like this was bothering me. It was affecting my energy. It was affecting my life. And, and, and I believe that that's God's way of showing you like you're supposed to go do something about this, right? So I'm going to make it so painful for you that you have no choice but to move and to act. And, uh, and, and that's how it was. It was painful. And so, but I couldn't, I didn't, couldn't think of a solution. I didn't know how to solve it. Like, how do you solve everyone on the planet acting a certain way, right? Like, I couldn't. And so I said, well, I can't fix them. But what I could do is I could create a space for me just a space for me that's motivation, education, inspiration, that there's no politics, no racism, no division, no whatever, just one little tiny corner of the internet that is nothing but positivity, right? And and uh, that was all I was thinking. And so I just went live the first time and a couple people showed up and we kept it positive. And then we you know, went live again the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. And it just evolved, you know, it's been amazing. Everything evolved, it. It changed my entire life it. going live that one time. Yes, and if you're listening, I actually found Glenn on on an app called Clubhouse. And on yeah. this Clubhouse app, Breakfast with Champions is where I found him, but you can also find him on YouTube, on Facebook. And it's just Glenn Lundy everywhere. Is that how they can find you, Glenn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For some reason, I'm like the only Glenn Lundy on the planet that seems to care about any social media presence. So. <laughs> with two ends, two ends, by the way. Two Glenn ends, with two right. ends. So, lucky for I me. It. I love it. Thank you for part one. All righty. So as we move on to part two of this interview, it's going to go into the planner. Tell us about this wonderful planner. And I'm curious, has it elevated? Has your planner always looked like it's looked? Because I absolutely love it. It's huge. It's It's challenging to travel with. But talk to us about your planner for those people that want to purchase it. Yeah, so the planner, um, the planner came from, the planner actually came from uh, necessity. So I uh, quit my job. Um, I was I was working at a car dealership, very successful, and uh, decided to walk away from that. And when I walked away from it, I had no backup plan and no income, no revenue, whatever. 
And so I was like, um, you know, my wife was nine and a half, nine and a half months pregnant with our seven child. And, and, uh, I was like, well, you know, how can we maybe make some money? I don't know. Like, well, let's think about this. We have this community of people that are waking up early and I've been teaching no phone, no snooze. You know, I've been teaching the morning five, right? No phone, no snooze, gratitude and goals, uh, take care of the physical, send an encouraging message. So I'd been teaching that for a long time already. Um, but I never had a tool to go with it. So my buddy, Michael Kerrigan, who's, uh, he works for my company now too, to this day, he said, uh, he said, your people need a planner. They need somewhere to write down their gratitude and goals. Like, I'm like, oh, bro, you're right. They need a planner. So like, it was, it was coming up on Black Friday. I remember I quit my job in October of 2018 and we were headed into Black Friday. I'm like, I need a planner by Black Friday. So Michael put one together. He's like, what do you think about this? Da, 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 da. Gratitude goals, little place for notes. So we just kind of played with it. And, uh, and we printed the first one and we sold, I don't know, thousands and thousands of them. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Our people needed a planner. So uh, this is good. Now, fast forward, it's now evolved. Uh, each year, you know, the next year we decided let's add some positive quotes and stuff from the community so we could connect people in the community. And my wife was like, this needs a month at a glance. It doesn't have a month at a glance. Like, what are you doing? No month at a glance. I'm like, Sorry. <laughs> I didn't realize I had to have a month at a glance. So, you know, we put in a month at a glance and we added a little QR code that adds an interactive piece to it. And uh, and and it's evolved now. As far as the size, you know, we had one year where people were like, "Let's make little small ones," and uh, I was against it. I was like, "No, man! If you're if you can't be intentional enough about it, like you're not going to do it." You know, everybody wants. It's, it's like we talked about in the last segment. Like everybody wants to be easy. They want things to be easy, bro. Easy is dangerous, man. I'm telling you, because if it's easy to do, it's easy not to do. Simple, simple as that, right? And so the planner weighs two and a half pounds. And if you're, if you're, if you're, here, you know, I, some airlines. I never leave home without it, right? Like the planner weighs two and a half pounds. It's big, it's thick. And it's if, you're gonna, if you're going to do it, you, you got to do it. And so this thing goes with me everywhere. It goes with me all over. It's traveled all over the world. Like you, you, you find a way to make it work. Um, do, do you fill it out the night before or the day of? I fill it out every morning. First thing when I wake up. Okay. In the morning. Yeah. First thing I wake up, I open it up. No snooze, no phone. Check those boxes. Write down the gratitude, write down the goals. Uh, read the quote there at the top of the page. And then from there, I'll open my calendar and write in my, so I have a digital calendar, but I'll write in everything that's on the digital calendar in here's. And so when I write it in my planner, right? So like this right here, it says Tina at 11 o'clock, right? So <laughs> I write it in here. And when I write it, I pay very close attention to my energy around that task. Mm. And if I, if I write it and my energy is like, oh, oh, I really don't want to do that. <laughs> like if that's my energy around it, I'll cancel it. <laughs> I, I love it. I'll cancel it in a heartbeat. Like if if the energy's not right, I'm like, why is that on my calendar? I don't I don't want to do that. I have zero desire to do that. It doesn't align with where I'm trying to go in my life. So I'm out. Like I can't tell you how many times I've just canceled stuff <laughs> that morning. They <laughs> even. Wow. I might have, I I have a flight. I, my calendar will say, okay, you're flying out at 10 a.m. And I'll be like, man, I really don't want to do that. And I'll just cancel it. Like 
that's, uh, you know, so now other than that, as long as the energy is good about it, like today, I feel good about all the different things that are on my calendar. So then I write those and then, uh, then from there, I do some other stuff, you know, from the financial side, I, I love it. my money every day and so on and so forth. But I love it. Yeah. So that's all in chapter 17. Another thing I loved about your book, and if you're just tuning in, we're talking about the legacy titles. We have Glenn Lundy, who's an author now. We can stick that in there. Motivational yeah. speaker, all that wonderful stuff. One of the quotes in it that I liked, it said, the more that you read, the more that you learn, the more places you'll go, Dr. Seuss. How did you decide which quotes to put in your book? Because I actually put Bible verses in my book to go with each chapter. How did you choose your quotes for each chapter? Yeah. So just looking at the chapter itself, right? And then understanding the heartbeat of that chapter, right? What is the heartbeat of that chapter? And then once I understood the heartbeat, you know, I had a clear picture of what the heartbeat of is of the chapter, which this particular chapter, the heartbeat is about the team reading books together, right? Uh, um, people who read together, lead together is the the title of, of, of that particular title. And so on that one, you know, that's the heartbeat of it is that we're going to read together as a team. And we're going to lead together as a team. And so I took that heartbeat and I actually went to Google and typed in quotes about teams reading together, right? quotes about uh, the power of, of, of reading, those types of things. And it pops up all kinds of different, you know, all kinds of different quotes. And then I'm like, boom, that's the one right there. <laughs> that one's going in. And so I did that with each of the principal, just really getting an understanding of the heartbeat and then typing that into Google and seeing who said what about what and finding the one that was most aligned. Awesome. If someone's listening to this and they want to be a part of your community, is there anything else besides, you know, my favorite breakfast with champions that they can join in with that? If you want to talk about the automotive world a bit. Well, you know, I, you know, glennlundy.com. If you go to glennlundy.com, every, everything's there, right? Uh, different things for different, for different folks. Um, but though there are different things for different folks, everything falls under the same categories, right? So when you connect with Glenn Lundy uh, or my team or anything around us, you get motivation, education, inspiration. Those are the three things that you're going to get. And what we do is we bring people together, equip them with the tools they need to succeed and inspire them to be great. So if any of those things fall under your wheelhouse, then yeah, come join us. And we've got, we've got tools for you, but just go to glennlundy.com. You know, the morning five ebook is great. It's an awesome book just to help you change the way you start your day. That's where I like to start everybody. Like, even my automotive clients that pay me a lot of money to be members of 800% Club, the very first month that they're with me, all we do is talk about their mornings. They're like, yo, I'm paying you to teach me marketing and inventory <laughs> strategies. And I'm like, I can teach you all that stuff all day long. None of it matters if we don't foundationally change the way that you and your organization starts their day. So that's where I like to start. I love it, which leads to my last question. In chapter 16, champions attracting champions. I loved how you said when you hired people, they couldn't have more, was it more than two years experience? Yeah. Can you tell us, look at your facial hair. Yeah. Can you tell me, usually people are like, I want people with experience. Talk to us no. about that. Terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible. So uh, common misconception, right? So I had the honor and opportunity to lead an organization and we were able to grow that business 800% in just under six years, making it the second largest used car franchise dealership in the United States of America in a tiny little town population, 9,600 people. 
that combination created a unique experience. I didn't know that this is what you want to do, but I didn't have a big pool of people with experience. There was only 9,600 people that lived in the town. So I'm like, okay, well, I can't get a bunch of people of experience. So let's, let's, let's hire the dude who's a waiter down at the Jerry's diner and let's hire that young lady over there. Who's, you know, a hostess and uh, let's go hire this kid that's working at the, there was one kid working at like a, a meat packing plant that was hitting cows over the head, you know, uh, uh, that type of thing. And so I'm like, let's just, let's hire them and let's create systems and processes where they can be successful. Because if you really look at it, the biggest, the brightest and the best companies in the world, they'll hire, or they create systems and processes where it doesn't matter who's in, in the, in the, who's in the system, the system still produces a result. McDonald's is a perfect example. Right? I can get golden, crispy, salty french fries anywhere in the world. I can get the exact same fries. Any McDonald's in the world. doesn't matter what language they speak. It doesn't matter if the person making the fries is old or young or pretty or not pretty or black or white or Asian or anything in between. They can be autistic. They could have one leg. They could be missing four fingers. The french fries will come out the same every single time because there's an incredible system and process in place, right? You take the fries, you open the bag, you pour them in the basket, you take the basket, you dip it in the fryer, you leave it in this long, you pull them out, you put the salt on it, you put it in the cart and you hand it out the drive-through window. There's a system that it doesn't matter who's in the system. Now, some can do it better than others, right? Some can do it with a smile, some can exceed, and some might do it a little worse than others, but the product that comes out is the same. And so, in our business, I started to realize, like, I don't have a bunch of people with experience. Let's get people with that experience, create systems and processes to guarantee that we still get the result that we want to get and they can thrive in it. Some of them will thrive better than others will thrive. Well, once we started doing that, I started realizing I like these people a lot better. <laughs> these people with zero experience, they say, yes, sir. They ask questions like, why would you possibly even think about doing things that way? And they bring like new ideas to the table constantly. I'm like, I love these people. The people with experience that I had hired before were like negative and they, they never wanted to try anything new. They couldn't think outside the box. This is the way we've always done it. This is the way we've always got to do it. And they were so entitled. I was like, bro, I'm out. So we just put a straight policy in place. More than two years experience, you, you, we would not hire you. And we had people calling from all over the United States of America. Man, I've been in business 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. I'm the best at this. I'm the best at that. Can I come work for you? Sorry, you can't even get an interview, bro, because you're over two years. Did you make any exceptions at all? I made one exception. Um, I made one exception when we built out a subprime finance department because I needed someone who knew and understood deep finance. Uh, to be able to even launch that particular apartment. But everybody that we hired underneath him had had zero, zero like you okay. know, two years experience or less. But yes, that was the only exception that I made um, was when we launched that whole new department and I didn't have any experience in it, so I couldn't teach it. Right, gotcha. I love how in the book you have your actual notes and your goal sheets and all of that. And I noticed the other day, I don't know if it was this week or last week, you had these little pictures that you recently stick figures and then your yeah. goals. I love that. Talk to us about that. Can you share that? Cause I, that just really lightened me up. Oh, well, thank you. Stick, um, Do you have them around you? Uh, yeah. I always have it with me. 
You got to keep these things close, otherwise you forget. Uh, so this is my remarkable right here. And what Tina is talking about is I've taken, you know, goals. I have different goals and stuff in different areas of my life. And I'm not uh, an artist in any way, shape, or form. But I drew little pictures of, you know, what I want my life to look like, basically. And underneath it. Is that uh, another baby? Does it look like you no. want another baby? No, 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 no. That's just a heart. Just a heart. See, I'm just okay. not hard. Hold on. There you go. That's just a heart. So, you okay. know, this one right here says, you know, as a husband, truly the best in the world, honor my wife, empower my wife, encourage my wife, inspire my wife, love relentlessly, but pursue her tirelessly, allow her to live joyous and full, right? That's the image I have of my marriage. That's what I want that to look like. And with my kids, this is what I want it to look like, you know? Truly world-class, lead by example, intentional with my time, learn, grow, develop together, allow them in, guide them strategically, love them ridiculously, honor and respect them, teach them healthy habits by example, be truthful, show them the world, right? And there's one for each area. So this is me on a stage speaking into the world. This is uh, me having a Johnny Carson style morning show. <laughs> which I'm super excited about. Uh, this is my 800% club events, having the biggest uh, training and consulting company in all of automotive. This is the uh, legacy titles, New York Times bestselling author. This is me doing <laughs> book signings. Sorry, right? Me doing book signings right there. Um, uh, this is Times Square. This is me on Times Square with a TV show slash podcast. And I'm up on all the little signs up there in Times Square, right? That's my vision of that. And this is the most important one out of all of them, right? This is my relationship with God. It says a powerful relationship with our creator. One where I know him, where I understand him. One where I conversate with him. I learn from him. I am mentored by him. I am close to him. I am seeking him. Right, I am honoring him. I think like him. I walk like him. I speak like him. I love like him, and I impact like him. So those are my visual representations of the thoughts, ideas, dreams, aspirations um, that I have in my life. I think it's one thing to write them. It's another thing to draw them, especially when you're not a very good drawer. <laughs> another thing to draw them, and then I have those all canvassed and up in my office, and I look at them every oh, single day. Wow. I love that. I love that. Two more and then we're out of here. Vibe is your tribe. For some reason, Grant Cardone is popping on my head and all the wonderful people that you talk about all the time. Danielle Delgado, uh, your vibe is your tribe. How does that feel when I say that to you? Does it motivate you, excite you? Talk to us. Well, you know, I think Denzel Washington was the first time I ever heard it. Denzel said, um, you hang around the barbershop long enough, you're bound to get a cut. Right? You hang around the barbershop long enough, you're bound to get a cut. And the imagery of that, when Denzel Washington saw it, said that, I thought about sitting in a barbershop. Everybody's shooting the, shooting the stuff. Everybody's talking, right? And the influence of that environment that it has on you, you can't help but start to get into those conversations. You can't help to agree or disagree with people in those conversations. And at some point, you end up in the chair Right. And you're choosing what you look like in your style and your design based on the room that you're in. 
And that really stuck with me when I first heard him uh, say that. And so since then, I've been making sure that I'm in the room with people that I want to look like and I want to talk like and I want to walk like and that I want to live like, right? Like, because if that's what's going to happen and we get to choose, <laughs> um, you know, I need to be around best-selling authors, New York Times best-selling authors. You know, Grant Cardone has had uh, 11 different books that were New York Times oh, wow. bestsellers. Right? Even so though we had that many. Yeah. So that's one of my, you know, one of my visions is a New York Times bestselling author. I need to be around New York Times bestselling authors. Uh, Sharon Lecter, right? New York Times bestselling author. Um, when it comes to uh, speakers, you know, I want to be a, an incredible speaker. So I found a way to build a relationship with Eric Thomas and Les Brown and uh, some of these incredible speakers, which Grant is is, is one also, right? Um you know, just things like that, you know, figuring out where you want to go and then getting in the rooms with people that are already on that path or have already shown that they are headed in that direction and uh, get in, get in those rooms, get around those people. Cause you hang around them, you know, you hang around the barbershop long enough, you're bound to get a cut. I love it. Last question. And again, you are so, so super easy to interview. Just make it feel so nice. And I can see you on Okay, I don't watch late night TV shows because who? It's not Johnny Carson anymore. Who's a late night for David Letterman? I don't know. I can just Jimmy, see you on Jimmy there. Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel. Thank you. Got his, and then there's the other Jimmy. Uh, there's two of them, but anyways. I don't. I don't know. Fallon, I see yeah. you on their thanks, couch. Thanks, Renee. Thanks, Renee. Jimmy, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel, and Jimmy Fallon. They have late night shows. Now, here's the interesting thing. I want you to think about this for just a second. Okay, we talked about the news earlier. Okay. Mm -hmm. News is on in the morning, all morning long. Mm. Then you have mm. evening news. Now, when do we have the fun, laughter, and entertainment? Late at night. Late at night. Why are Jimmy Fallon and those guys, why do those shows have to be at 11 p.m.? When, when everybody else, when, you know, when the majority of, of the world is asleep, right? So I want a Johnny Carson-style show at 7 in the morning. I want us I to it. wake up laughing and being entertained and listening to good music and telling jokes and doing dances and, <laughs> and all that stuff. Imagine if everybody started their day with a Jimmy Fallon or a Jimmy Kimmel versus ending the day with a Jimmy yeah. Fallon or a yeah. Jimmy Kimmel. What a difference just that would make. I just had another idea. So we have your 530 and yes, we have your hardcore 530 people. We have to spread that to make that bigger. But maybe if we do a replay at seven, like you said, since that's the time that you want. And that's the time that a lot of people get up. I love that idea if we just keep streaming. Okay, seven o'clock, it's seven o'clock. Just an idea, something that popped in my head. <laughs> so what we used to do, so 5.30 a.m. And then I used to run a replay at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, which was 5.30 a.m. West Coast. And mm. so, because um, it was still, you know, it's 5.30 a.m. Well, it was in California. And so I did that for a while and it actually started to pick up some traction. Just the maintenance behind it got a little overwhelming for me because I had to download the videos and then I had to re-upload and then I had to da 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 And it just took a lot of time in the morning. So what I probably should do is just get a, I need to get a, one of my team members yes, to start doing yes, that. Yes, that's it, that's it. it. Restreaming it at 8.30. That's going to be amazing because I tell people about this all the time. They're like, you're crazy, Tina. 5.30 is too early. And there's people that want it and need it. We just have to give them a little bit of grace. So you can have it the five, the east, you know, over in LA and then 8.30. I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. for that. 
Or maybe we run yeah. every hour, right? 5.30 Eastern, yes. then 5.30 Central, then 5.30 Mountain Time, and then 5.30 Eastern, right? So wait, so it would run four times. In a row. And they do that on some stations. They just keep showing the same show over and over again. Yeah, yeah, and everyone's going to see it. We run it at 5.30, 6.30, 7.30, 8.30. All right, I'll yep. just start doing that tomorrow. I love it. I love it. Last question, and I'm excited about this one because you talked about reading and learning. If you only had seven books that you could take with you for the rest of your life, you couldn't read anything else, what would those... I know one is the Bible, so you can skip the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> I know you have that there. What are the seven books or six that you would uh, choose? Um, I'm going to read them over and over again. Am I on an island by myself or are there other people? Your family, your entire family, your, your immediate family, your children and your wife. Just them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, if there were other people, I would bring How to Win Friends and Influence People because I already read that a couple times a year right now. And anytime I'm going to meet someone, you know, new, of influence, so on and so forth, I always read you heard that, that book. You heard that people, so we want to get that book. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that one's that one's huge, right? Uh, and then The Alchemist is always uh, uh, an incredible book and a great reminder. Um, you know, a great reminder for all of us to go on journeys and seek understanding of self. Uh, that's super important. I would bring um, Kobe Bryant's Mama Mentality. Yeah. Uh, it's got a bunch of great visuals and it's just fun and entertaining. And I have a connection with Kobe Bryant. So I would definitely have to bring is that your theme for the, is that your theme for the year or this month? The Kobe yeah, for this year, this year is our, uh, this is 2024 Kobe Bryant Award 24. So it's the year of excellence. Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Um, I would bring uh, 10X Grant Cardone's book 10X. Cause that's always a fun uh, an entertaining read for sure. Uh, I would also bring, what other books would I bring? I would bring some James Patterson. I'd probably bring one or two James Patterson novels because they're just super fun to read and super entertaining. And he's an incredible writer. So I would definitely bring a James Patterson novel or two. Um, can I bring the whole Harry Potter series and just count that as one book? <laughs> yes. Because I can read those over and over and over and over again. So I'd bring my Harry Potter series too. Um, and then I would say the last um, book, I would probably bring Matthew McConaughey's Green Lights. Um, very entertaining book with a lot of really profound wisdom in that book. And one of the books that has impacted me massively in my adult years when it comes to not choosing, not choosing sides, but ultimately just seeking to understand, right? Not seeking to agree or disagree, but just seeking to understand. And I think that would probably be powerful with my kids and my grandparents and everybody on an island I would need to seek to understand often why they were acting the way they were acting, saying what they were saying, doing what they were doing, <laughs> and whether I agree or not agree. So I would bring that one. So I think that that's about, I think that that covers it. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. That, that was great. I'm definitely going to chime into some of those because I didn't catch any of those. 2024, I mean, you've done a lot last year and up to now. Do you 
So I used to say, I want to know three to six months, three to five years, 10 years or more. I used to plan like that. And then one of my mentors, she says, well, Tina, I don't think that far because if I did, I may limit myself on what I'm going to do. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Agree, disagree? Do you plan everything? Do you let some things just flow? Um, you know, we've mapped out 2024 for certain things. So we have one big target. We have three priorities of how we're going to execute on that target. We have five activities for each priority. My wife and I mapped out 2024 with our, um, we have a one stay at home date per month and one go, go away from home date per month. So we have those mapped out. We already know what we're doing and, you know, buy the tickets ahead of time and all that good stuff. Um, I have my kid trips mapped out on when I'm going to take each kid. I take each one of my kids on a solo trip with dad every year. They get to choose where they want to go uh, within a 48 hour. They have a 48 hour window, so they can't like fly to <laughs> Germany or something like that. Um, but those are on the calendar. We also have our seven weeks that we're going to take off each year. We have those on the calendar. So there's, there's some things that are mapped out, um, you know, for the year. Other things are shorter targets. And then there's obviously just daily activities that, that we, that we apply. Um, but ultimately I think what's most important, you know, and I do have some long-term goals too, right? Like, uh, 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 but how we get there doesn't matter to me. It's just really a goal. Um, I think ultimately Tina, what's most important is have a very clear through line on the purpose behind why you're doing what you're doing. And if you have a very clear through line, then you can be intentional for as forever, right? If it's clear, you can be intentional forever. And it's easy to figure out what to say no to and what to say yes to. So, you know, we have four core values, rise, evolve, impact together. And so if somebody brings something to me, then I can screen it. I can say, all right, does it help people, you know, uh, rise to the occasion, rise with intention and purpose? Like, does it elevate people, right? Um, then I can go to the evolve part. Is it, is it helping us evolve as a company? Is it helping humans evolve to become the best versions of themselves that they could possibly be? Then I can go, okay, does it make a positive impact in the world and in our business and my relationships? And is it something we can do together? Because I'm, I'm, I'm the bring people together, equip them with tools they need to succeed and inspire them to be great guys, right? So it's got to be together. And if the answer is yes, it like rings all four, then I'm like, let's go. Let's fit it in. Let's figure out how to make it work, right? Uh, if the answer is no, then it's just like, no, we're just not going to do it. We're not, it's, not, it's not maybe later. It's not we'll do it in six months. It's like, no, we're just not going to do it. This is what we do. And so... I think there's benefits to having long-term stuff and there's benefits to having short-term things. But ultimately, if you're not super clear on, you know, the purpose and the why behind what you're doing, then it's not going to matter whether you have a long-term plan or a short-term plan. It's all going to get, you know, you're going to lose, you're going to lose your path. You're going to lose, you're going to lose, you're going to get lost along the way anyway. I love it. 
This has been an amazing interview as we talk about this beautiful book right here, The Legacy Titles. What would you like to leave us with? If I missed anything, because I know I was like sometimes all over the place, but you are just a unique human and I just love speaking with you. What would you like to leave us with today? No, just, you know, show up, show up for yourself, uh, lean in, make the investment, invest your time, your energy, your dollars into uh, creating a solid foundation that you can go out and make an impact in other people's lives with. So, if you think my book can help you, you should probably go buy it. If you think the Morning 5 ebook's good for you, you should download it. If you think being in my ecosystem would be beneficial to your spirit or to your soul, then go follow me on glennlundy.com. If you don't think any of those things, that's cool. Go find someone else that inspires you. Um, but ultimately, make that investment in yourself. Take action and continue to grow. Couldn't it any better. <laughs> that was perfect. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. See ya.